But seriously, I tell myself on a regular basis, I'm a good dad. I'm a good business partner. People like doing business with me. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm strong. I'm attractive. You know, I mean, you know, I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. You know, I'm wise. I tell myself this because at the end of the day, if you don't fill up that empty space with positive stuff, the world will fill it up with negative stuff, you know? What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategy Show. Thank you for tuning in. Today, our guest is C. Gordon Moose. And today, I think we're talking about probably, I don't want to sell it too hard. I don't want to blow it up too much, but I'm also, you know, I got to be honest with you guys, probably the most important thing that can help you take your real estate investing to the next level. And I know that sounds grandiose, but I really believe it's true. So many of the lessons that we're discussing in today's episode uh, with Mr. Moose, it's helped me really progress in my real estate investing endeavors. And it's helped many, many others as well, who I know uh, personally that have built fantastic portfolios. These lessons are critical. And um, yeah, you're going to you're gonna learn plenty today. So I'm really excited. You're going to enjoy this and um, yeah, escape the Wall Street casino along with us by investing in real estate. If you're new to the show and you do enjoy it and you're an Apple Podcast subscriber, please take a quick second, go to the Apple Podcast app, look us up, leave us a rating and, a re- rating and review, five stars if you don't mind. That is so much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. That helps us rank higher in the Apple Podcast ecosystem. And I'll be totally honest with you, it helps me feel good because I get to see what you guys have to say, that you're engaging with the content and you're learning from the show. Just want to give a shout out to Tal Raj, one of our most recent reviewers. He says, top-notch, highly insightful guests. Interviewer does a great job. Thank you very much. Asking relevant questions in a low-key manner. Maybe I'm not so low-key right now just because I'm so excited. But um, thank you so much for that. Always keeps my attention. Thank you for that review. And to everybody out there who has written a review, thank you. Appreciate it so much. If you do enjoy the show, take a quick second, go to that that favorite podcasting app that you have, look us up, hit the subscribe button. That way you'll get every new episode straight to your mobile device every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I'm a real estate investor, a real estate syndicator. I buy real estate with passive investors and split the return. Like I said, the lessons we're discussing in today's episode really have helped me progress in my real estate investing endeavors. They've helped many others as well who I know who have who have built fantastic portfolios and I'm certain they will help you too. So without any further ado, here we go with C. Gordon Moose. Moose, thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm so glad to be here. I've been really enjoying talking with you so far before we hit record and I'm sure there's going to be so much awesome information for our listeners today. For those out there who don't know about you and your business, can you tell us about your background and what you do? And then we'll dive right into it. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I guess I would define myself as a commercial real estate guy. I started off in banking, um, been in sales, like we were talking about all my life, uh, got into mortgage business, uh, commercial mortgage business, um, and then eventually saw everybody else buying buildings. And, you know, I watched clients that came to this country literally with nothing. And then they have, you know, 30, 40, 50 million dollars worth of multifamily. So I jumped in. Uh, bought, I think about 20 or 22 buildings, uh, multifamily in Chicago, um, you know, did that, made a lot of mistakes, you know, had some successes. Uh, and then, you know, we, we, we had a five-year plan. So we ran that through, took a little time off, got married, had some kids. And then, um, the whole while I was studying thinking grow rich, as we talked about before the classic book by Napoleon Hill. And I was developing a program, 
uh, almost by default for my own my own benefit. And I was taking notes and I created this program. And then one one time a friend of mine said, geez, can you teach my salespeople these principles? So that was the beginning of, of your focus guy and the program that started. And then I just had more referrals. And over the years, I've probably led the course to you know, a couple thousand people. Um, so now I, I really do two things. I'm a commercial real estate consultant and I, I and I am being certified by the Napoleon Hill Foundation um, in the Think and Grow Rich philosophy. And so I do that and I train corporations, individuals and, and groups of people about that as well. Awesome. And something that I found over my years being in the real estate investing space is content or, or concepts like or exactly Think and Grow Rich are very popular in this space, particularly with more successful real estate investors. It's very rare to run into somebody who has a large portfolio that says, all that stuff's all worthless. Whereas in my experience in the corporate world, that mentality is a lot more common amongst uh, those folks. And I'm not trying to make too much of a value judgment, but there might be a little bit of proof in the pudding. And I want to dive in and, and you know get your your lessons on why thinking grow rich is so valuable and you know i've i've bought probably i think 30 copies of thinking grow rich for listeners out there that have uh reached out and and you know all that kind of stuff and you know hopefully we can we can spread the word here so let's get into it and learn yeah. why it's so beneficial well let me just take 30 seconds to tell you a real quick funny story i was i was at a lunch one time exit realty came to chicago and they wanted to start uh franchises here so they got a whole bunch of people in the into a room and uh i was sitting next to an older gentleman who had sold had a big real estate company, sold it, was bored in retirement and just came to show up. And he's talking to the guy next to me, right? We were on these round tables and I could, I heard the way he was talking and I knew that he had been a student of Think and Grow Rich mm-hmm. just by the way he was talking, right? So when I finally had an opportunity to turn to him, I said, I, I asked him this question and I said, when was the first time you read Think and Grow Rich? Because I knew he'd already read it. I didn't ask him if he read it. I said, when was the first time? And he kind of looked at me and he said, how did you know I read it? I said, because the way you're talking, you know, I can tell. And we had an incredible conversation. He told me that he would not have been as successful in real estate if he had not read that book. And, you know, the principles of the book, a lot of people don't understand. You know, it's not a book about investing and it's not a book just about financial wealth. It's really about wealth in all areas of your life. Right. And uh, not a single one of the chapters has the word money in it. You know, there's no, not a single chapter that says how to earn more money and how to save more money. None of that. You know, how to invest your money. The chapters are all talk about desire. They talk about having faith and visual, visualization, how to, uh, uh, you know, what your self-talk is, right? Auto-suggestion. It talks about the mastermind. It talks about how the brain works. It talks about how the subconscious mind works. It talks about your intuition. And these are all things when you're in real estate that are really important. You know, the first chapter is called desire. And and he says, it's the starting point of all achievement. I always ask people, what do you want? You know, like really, what do you want? And then when they give you an answer, like I want more money or I want time freedom or geographic freedom, then I ask them the really important question. And the question is why, you know, why, right? I want a million dollars or I want a big house or I want a Ferrari or Rolex, whatever. The question is why. And it usually takes you asking that question three or four times that you get to the real why. And you can tell when somebody does, because it strikes them, right? It's 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 usually about somebody else. Because I want to edu- I want to take my kids on a trip around the world to experience other cultures, or I want to I want my mom and dad to retire, and I want to buy them a new house. It's usually you know it's that why, but you have to know what you want, and and in real estate it's true too. You know, so many people get into real estate and they don't really define what they really want and why they want it, and that really, in my mind, is the starting point. 
You know, I have a lot of people who say, I'm going to invest in real estate. I say, oh, what are you doing? They say, well, I'm going to get my broker's license. I say, well, what, you know, those two things are not mutually exclusive. You don't, you don't need a broker's license to invest in real estate. And, and they, the, 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 what I'm, the point I'm making is they really haven't defined their, you know, what it is they want and why they want it. And, and I would say that's one of the key things uh, in everything, but you know, specifically in real estate. I love that so much. And, you know, whether it's through uh, talking with uh, folks that reach out that are interested in investing my deals, or if it's talking with newer investors on bigger pockets or whatever, when folks are kind of first getting started and they're saying, maybe I'll go buy a rental. Okay. Why, why do you want to buy a rental property? Well, I want to get cash flow coming in. Well, why do you want cash flow? And, and so on and so on. Eventually you get to the point where I don't know, maybe they realize going and buying a rental is not the right fit for them, but they still, they want to find the right way to invest in real estate for them or, or whatever. And I think that process is so beneficial because keeping your eye on, on why can really help you drive you through some of those, the tough times that are going to come. It's going to happen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. And if you've been in the business long enough, it will, you know, the first building I bought was a 15 unit or 18 unit building. You know, I, I had, I did not, you know, define my why nobody, nobody had coached me through it. I found this building. I fell in love with the building, which you and I both know you should never get emotional about a building right? and you fall in love with it. So, you know, I made a lot of mistakes on that first building. And part of it was, I really wasn't focused on why did I want to buy that building? You know what I mean? And you know, I had all these other ideas that were put in my head by seminars and all kinds of other stuff, but, uh, and it wasn't, it wasn't my why. So that it's really important. And, you know, if you're and absolutely hundred percent, you know, if you're taking other people's money and you're shepherding other people's money, you know, as a partner or an investor, you better make sure that you're on the same page with them, you know, in terms of the horizon, how, you know, what's the, you know, what are the return dynamics that they're looking for? What's the time horizon that they're looking for? You know, is this their college, their kid's college fund, or is this money that they can burn? You know, I mean, these are, and you, you and I both know that, you know, you really want to make sure that you're on the same page because, and if you don't know what your why is and what, you know, the real reason driving you, um, how are you ever going to match up with somebody else? Right? Absolutely. Do you want direct access to passive commercial real estate investments, including apartments, self-storage, medical facilities, hotels, and even more? CrowdStreet has you covered. They provide access to a wide variety of commercial real estate syndications for accredited investors. Over 520 deals have been closed through the platform, and investors have placed over $2.1 billion, that's billion with a B, in those deals. Go to PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started, or click the link in the show notes. See the CrowdStreet platform for full terms and conditions of what they offer. Once again, that's PassiveWealthStrategy.com slash CrowdStreet to get started. I'd also like to really dive into the ideas behind self-talk, because that is is another one of these concepts that on a personal level has really improved my life, monitoring the the self-talk, you know, in my head and in any way, like that's, that's really helped me out. Can you tell us about some of the ideas in Thinking sure. Grow Rich about self-talk? Yeah. Well, absolutely. The second chapter is called auto-suggestion. It's called the law of auto-suggestion. And the, the subtitle is the uh, medium by which to influence the subconscious mind, right? And at the end of the day, our subconscious, not our unconscious, our subconscious mind is really driving us, right? There's a difference between the unconscious mind and the subconscious mind. And it's funny because that chapter, the two chapters, auto-suggestion and the subconscious mind are the two shortest chapters. So I usually teach them together because they go together, but it's that self-talk, right? And by the way, 
our self-talk is our ego, right? It's our ego. Our egos are troublemakers. Our egos don't want you to succeed. Our, your ego wants you to be comfortable and stay in your comfort zone. It doesn't want you to expand and grow, right? So it, your self-talk, unless you check it and unless you direct it, is your ego causing trouble, right? And 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 it's such an important thing, you know. And by the way, for your listeners, I'd be more than happy to share this with them—a summary of that those two chapters because I've done that. I'd be more than happy to do that. Um, as well as a list of 250 positive affirmations that I put together because I, I picked the five key areas of our lives, right? Our relationships, your friends, family, business, whoever, uh, our health and our wellness, our health being our body, our wellness being our mind. That's the second one. Our third one is our, our money, income, finances, revenue, resources, right? That's the third one. Our next one is our education, our profession. And our last one is our spirit, right? So I came up with 50 positive affirmations for each of those five areas. So I have 250 positive affirmations broken into the different areas. And I tell people, pick one or two that speak to you about, you know, that, that really speak to you and write them down. Tell yourself, listen, I constantly, you know, I don't do it out loud unless I'm alone, but, you know, I keep, I tell myself, I'm a, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you sound like a nut job if you do it out loud. No, I've been there. Yeah, no. <laughs> exactly. You know, but seriously, I tell myself on a regular basis, I'm a good dad. I'm a good business partner. People like doing business with me. I'm smart. I'm intelligent. I'm strong. I'm attractive. You know, I mean, you know, I'm healthy. I'm wealthy. You know, I'm wise. I tell myself this because at the end of the day, if you don't fill up that empty space with positive stuff, the world will fill it up with negative stuff, you know, right? And so, Absolutely. you know, keep it and, and you want to keep track of it. Now, people say one of the things that people say about going through my course is they get over two things. This is typically what they say, negative thinking and fear, doubt and confusion. They get beyond their fears, right? Because those things are tied together. So when you take control of your mind, which, by the way, is the only thing in this entire universe that you really have control over, you don't have control over much else except your mind. So. You know, when you when you are the one that's filling your mind with good thoughts, I'm big enough, I'm strong enough, I'm good enough, I'm good looking enough, I'm, you know, I'm successful enough, as opposed to everything else that we tell ourselves, right? You know, the other end of the extreme is I'm not good enough for this job, or I'm never going to succeed, or, you know, I'll never get straight A's, or I won't get into that college, or, you know, that that other person won't want to date me, or whatever it is, right? You can switch that conversation like that. And when you when you when you get into the practice of doing that, it's like working out. You know, the first time you go to the gym and you, you lift your biceps or your triceps hurt, but you go and you exercise those muscles after a couple of weeks, you're getting stronger, right? It's the same thing with your mind, you know? So that self-talk is one of the most important things. It's one of the most important things because whose voice do you hear more often than anybody else? Your own, right? So, Absolutely. you know, and, and again, at first it feels strange. It did for me, you know, say, well, I'm a, you know, you'd say all these, but then you just get into the rhythm and all of a sudden you sleep better. You wake up and you're excited about you know doing whatever, right? Even when you go, like I went to a networking event. Thank God we're back to networking, right? Yeah. Well, I used to be the guy that would stand there and not talk to anybody because I, I convinced myself nobody wants to talk to me, right? Or all these people are more powerful and more successful. Now it's like, who cares, right? Because that was actually my ego keeping me shut down. Now, I, you know, I, I uh, because I sometimes I walk into the room and I say, you know what? I'm going to meet a really incredible person and I'm going to have great conversations and somebody's going to really want to, do, work with me. And that's what happens because that, that is the reality. You know, we create our own set of circumstances and it starts with the way you think and being positive in your thinking. And that is auto suggestion. It's that self-talk. And by the way, listen, I don't own a car. I live in the city, right? So I do zip cars, right? Zip cars. Are okay. the, you can, Yeah. Well, today I got in a zip car and the radio was, whoever was there before was obviously jamming on, on some radio station. <laughs> you know, they just turned the key off and they didn't change the channel or turn it down. Well, the 
it's blaring and it's not the music I want to listen to, right? So what did I do? I turned it down and I turned it to the channel I want, right? It's the same thing with the, your mind. If if the conversation you have in your mind is too loud and not what's what's productive for you, turn it down and change the channel. It's that simple. I mean, you you would do that on a stereo. Why don't people do that in their minds, right? Well, it's tough to do, and it's not um, it's it's not say the the modern prevailing wisdom that that's even possible. Now, I don't want to get too far away from that before asking you. You said you have that available for listeners that want to reach out and get it. Where can they they do that? I want to make sure we. Yeah, if you it. if you go to just uh, uh, info at yourfocusguy.com, that's my my website. You folk info at yourfocusguy.com, and if you just put in there uh, positive affirmations. Um, or your, sh- your the name of your show uh, or reference this uh, in any way, I will know, I will respond with an email. I'll send you um, the summary, the cliff notes on the chapter on auto-suggestion and subconscious mind because they go hand in hand, as well as that list of 250 positive affirmations. And again, I tell people, print it out and just highlight the ones that speak to you and just get in the practice of saying them. Nice, nice. I love that. And, you know, in in a way, I really... I relate to that story about going to networking events and talking to people because I was that guy who went and felt um, intimidated. I can't talk to people, right? And through uh, over time, I mean, it took time to to build that skill up. But I remember the time it clicked. I was there standing. I wasn't talking to anybody. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I was really new to it. And somebody who who I still remember, right? I still remember exactly who he is. I'm friends with him on Facebook now. Grab me. So he read my name tag, which is a huge, a huge key. Read somebody's name tag and say, hey, Mike, come on over here. Come on, talk to me. And he brought me into his conversation and boom, that that was the shift. Right. But that was, you know, I, I think I had to be ready to like receive that experience and say, oh, that's what that guy did for me. I can do that in the future for other people. Right. Yeah. And make friends yeah. and yeah. network. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's a key point because you brought up a good, a good point. Confidence. Right. Listen, we all start unless you're Unless your your father and your grandfather were real estate people and handed you a portfolio, which is very rare, by the mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. Um, all of us start in the same spot. I'm sure you remember the first property you bought. I remember the first one I bought. Sure, right? I mean, yeah, most people do, and and so we we all started in the same place. And so you know, if any of you are listening and you're you're new to the game and you you know you know that you need to you know that going to networking events is required, just be honest with people, be authentic, be yourself. Don't be don't let the fear of criticism or the fear of judgment get in your way. Just introduce yourself. Say, listen, I'm brand new at this. You know, I, I want to network with people that have been down the road. You know, I, I've never bought a building before. You were probably in that position at one point. You know, you know, and understand that you have value. You bring something to the table. You know, a lot of people, when they get into real estate, think they have to bring a bag of money, right? Or they have to bring <laughs> a deal or, right? I mean, yeah. right? But there's so many different ways you could get into real estate. You could be a bird dog, right? You can, I mean, there's so many different ways and when you're just authentic with somebody that that uh, you know you come up and say listen I've never done this before I'm brand new but I want to you know I want to get into it what do you recommend or what was can you tell me what the top 3 mistakes you made were you know people love telling their story oh, yeah. right i mean oh yeah right yeah i mean and 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 then and and that's a good way to get over that because once you do that once or twice you realize hold on a second these people are just the same as me they put their pants on you know they need water and you know what i mean they're no different it, the only difference is they're a little bit further down the road that's all However, if you really ask them, they started right where you do. They were in your position at one point where they never owned property. They wanted to get into it. And something, you know, was the spark. And, and you know, it's especially in real estate. I found that, you know, that pay it forward is so 
is so, so prevalent. You know, people uh, very rarely have I ever heard anybody say, oh, no, I don't have time for you. They're usually like, oh, that's awesome. You know, what do you want to do? You know what I mean? They, you know what I mean? Or why don't you try reading this book or, or, you know what, call my secretary or call my partner and they'll help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's life, right? Sometimes occasionally you, you run into a jerk, right? Sure. But that is, that is by far the exception. Most of the time you're yeah. going to run into nice people who will have a yeah. nice conversation and share some lessons with you. Listen, the most successful people I've met are very giving. They're very, because mm-hmm. they understand giving is a two-way street. They, they're very, they have a ton of gratitude for, you know, they're, and they're, they're very much willing to, if they can help somebody out, they're willing, you know, even if it's just a word of encouragement, you know, most of the people that, that I deal with are, are, uh, you know, very, very giving and very, uh, very grateful for what they have. Awesome. I also want to address the topic of masterminding that you brought up a little bit earlier and specifically uh, within the context of the book. And I'll be honest, it's been a little while since I've read Think and Grow Rich. I need to go back and pick it back up. I've got a lot of books on my shelf, but (laughs) maybe for my purposes and for our listeners, give us a refresher course on masterminding. Well, it's interesting you bring that up because that term is really overused, I think. And mastermind, you know, listen, the Greeks had forums think tanks in the 50s, you know, mastermind. But Napoleon Hill, I think it's chapter 12 or 13, depending on which edition you read. Uh, and he calls it the driving force. The mastermind is the driving force because nobody does anything uh, on their own. You know, Henry Ford is classic. He had a third grade education or was that Edison? One of them had a third grade, one of them had a sixth grade. I think it was, you know, Ford had a sixth grade education. And, you know, Ford, Ford was a, surrounded himself with brilliant engineers and brilliant accountants and brilliant strategists, right? And he he didn't know that much about building cars. He just knew how to develop a mastermind. So did Andrew Carnegie. Andrew Carnegie, who was the, the guy that started U.S. Steel and became a, you know, a gazillionaire, he said, I don't know that much about making steel. He said, but I know where to find the people that do because he had a mastermind, right? So the mastermind principle is based on a couple of different things, right? And it's defined as two or more people working harmoniously towards a common goal. And the key word there is harmonious, right? So it's two or more people working harmoniously towards a common goal. That creates a mastermind, right? And he uses the analogy of batteries. When you put batteries uh, in series with each other, you, you can actually generate more power than if you do it in parallel. In other words, and minds are the same thing. When you bring two minds together, you form a third entity, which is called the mastermind, right? And and the key to that is you come to the conversation not looking for what you can get, but looking for what you can give. And it's all about the law of reciprocity and the law of increasing returns, right? The more you give, the more you're going to get, and you're going to get more because of increasing returns, right? You give a little, you're going to get a lot. So when you come to the conversation from that perspective, then you're really opening up a true mastermind, right? And the other component is you want to find like-minded people that are harmonious. You want to find people that are supportive of you and that you can support and that you meet on a regular basis. Those are really the keys to the mastermind. And by the way, I will also, I also have a, a, a um, an exercise on the mastermind. I'd be more than happy to share that with your listeners as well. Uh, where can they get that? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, no, I, I, I'll send it to them. I mean, okay. if they, if they want to, if they want that, um, just to go to, um, you know, info at, um, yourfocusguy.com and, um, and, uh, I'll send that to them as well. All right. Shoot you, shoot you an email. Yeah. All right. Great. Yeah. And I think you know, to bring it back around to real estate, right. If you want to be a more say active real estate investor, partnerships are huge. I mean, with any, any of these big, the folks out there who have these big portfolios, typically they'll be in one or more partnerships where they're putting the deals together. They're each bringing something different to the table. And that's really 
for the most part, where they're going to say, that's what took me to that next level of success is, is forming up with others and, you know, working collaboratively. It's very common. Yeah. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, especially in real estate, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Anthony Robbins talks about mirroring people, right? You don't want to copy people. What's the old saying in business? If you copy someone that's brilliant in, in school, it's plagiarism, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, right. So mirror somebody, find somebody that's done what you're, what you're, you're doing. And, you know, another lesson from thinking grow rich is it's never about ability. It's always about willingness, right? Um, Earl Nightingale, who was another famous guy. Love said, it. Um, yeah. You know, success. Yeah. Great guy said success. I mean, he's passed, but he was when he was alive. He said, successful people are are willing to do what unsuccessful people aren't willing to do. doesn't mean they're always happy doing it, but they're willing to do it, right? So my mentor, Bob Proctor, always used to say, it never boils down to ability. If somebody else has done what you want to do, that means you're able to do it as well. The question is, are you willing? You know, are you willing to educate yourself? Are you willing to put in the work? Are you willing to spend the money, right? And that's always the question. So find somebody that's done something you you want to do in real estate and mirror them. And if you if you can reach out to them and connect with them and, and say, listen, I want to be where you are 10 years from now. You know, in 10 years, I want to be where you are today. You know, can you sh- give me the blueprint? Can you help me? Can you tell me what I should do now? Right. And so you, you know, that's creating a mastermind, right? You're 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 literally creating um a union between the two of you. And and that's really important for success. Listen, nobody, I don't care who you are, nobody succeeds in a vacuum. You just don't. You, you know, it's you, the mastermind. And that's why Napoleon Hill calls it the driving force. He says, you will not succeed unless you understand this principle. Uh, you know, I think that is such a great point to Earl Nightingale. Uh, if folks want to learn something awesome from him that really had a positive impact on me, go to YouTube, search Earl Nightingale. The Strangest Secret is great. I've sent it to so many people, just a maybe half an hour long YouTube audio uh, lecture. It's, it's awesome. It's a little old, it's, but it still It's a little up. bit longer than that, but it's, it's, it talks it. I well, I only know that because I used to go to sleep to it. I used to, oh, I had okay. it on my okay. on my um whatever that thing used to be called, the iPad or I, you know, what I'm talking about where I I would go to sleep to that for about six or seven months. It's it's, it's I think it's like 42 <laughs> minutes long. But oh, it's go. great. Yeah. It's great. And you know, it's it's when you first hear, it, you're like, oh my god, this guy sounds like my grandfather. You know right. what I mean? But you know, because it, it was recorded in the 50s. Yeah, but it it still you know it still holds up. I mean, the audio quality isn't what we might expect today, but other than that, the the content is still there. Yeah, a ship without a rudder, right? I mean, it's just it's just a great. Uh, there's just so much great, so many great uh, gold nuggets in that piece. So yeah, if you if you've never heard it before, you should definitely. It's a classic. Absolutely, hundred percent. Right now, we're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. Have you ever wanted to invest in the private lending and debt side of real estate? You might find that going out and finding borrowers on your own is tough. When you find a borrower, you have the task of evaluating their plan all on your own. And the traditional way of lending private money highly concentrates your risk because you'll probably be funding the whole rehab loan on your own. That meant writing loan checks well into the hundreds of thousands of dollars, placing a lot of risk in individual borrowers and properties. Not to mention, there's a lot for you to know in terms of how to structure these loans so that you can help protect yourself and work with the borrower in your interests. Now, there's a new way to invest in the debt side of real estate that turns the private money lending space on its head. You can invest in a variety of debt instruments with this new platform with as little as $10 in each opportunity. You can diversify your investment across a wide variety of borrowers, geographies, and asset types. This new platform is called ground floor. They make it easy to invest in either your name or 
using your self-directed IRA. And if you don't already have a self-directed IRA, don't worry. They make it easy to get started and get one opened. Go to www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor to get started or click the link in the show notes. See the ground floor site for full terms and details of what they offer. Once again, that's www.passivewealthstrategy.com slash ground floor or click the link in the show notes. Back to the show. All right, Moose, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? I think I may be, yes. I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. First one, what is the best investment you ever made other than in your education? You know, I have to say in my relationships, I've, I've got some incredible, I came from an incredible family and I have some really incredible relationships. And why I say I invest, because there, it's a, relationships are a two-way street. You know what I mean? And you, you, you know, you have to, you know, our most valuable asset in my mind is not money, it's time. And, um, you know, investing time in relationships, even if it's just, you know, sending a card or a text or a, a tweet or whatever, you know what I mean? Sharing something that you did two, three, four, ten 10 years ago. You know, I'm going to New York uh, in the month to get together with some of my college buddies. And I already know we're going to have a blast. You know, some of us haven't seen each other in a long time. So from that perspective, I'd say in, in, in the investment I've made in my in the relationships that I have. Nice. That's great. We had the best investment. Now we go to the other side of that coin, the worst investment. What is the worst investment you ever made? Well, you know, I got involved with a, a wind energy company years ago and uh, got in deep. And that was probably uh, the that was financially the worst investment I ever made. Uh, and boy, I tell you, if I could turn back the clock and, and not do that one, uh, I, I would. <laughs> well, however, I did learn a lot. But, you know, from a financial perspective, uh, that was a disaster. So would uh, I'm, I don't mean to put words in your mouth here. Would you say the underlying lesson is you're not an expert in wind energy and that was that was the misstep or was what's the like underlying uh, thing that went wrong there? Yeah, I drank the Kool-Aid. I mean, I, ah. I did do about six months worth of research and I, you know, I got involved with a, a startup company that had a design and um, I didn't do enough research on the people and I didn't, uh, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, you know mm. what I mean? And I just, I went in full steam uh, and uh, that was probably the biggest mistake I made. And again, the lesson really to be learned is, for people in real estate is take your time. You know, there's no rush. You know what I mean? Just, just really be clear. And I'm not talking about you know, uh, analysis to paralysis. I'm talking about, you know, take your time before you invest your money um, and really get to know the people and and what you're doing, because that's the mistake I made there. Mm, interesting. That's, that's a good lesson. My favorite question here at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson you've learned in business and investing? You know, it's probably, it's probably what I just said, you know, taking your time. Uh, don't be emotional uh, when you're, when you're making an investment uh, decision. Um, you know, if you're going to steward and uh, other people's capital and you're going to bring on investors, uh, make sure that they're protected even more so than protecting yourself. Um, I think that's very important. And, um, you know, be patient, you know, especially in commercial real estate. You know, real estate is a vehicle. It's a financial vehicle to take you from one point to another. I use the analogy of buses or trains. You know, if you're sitting at the station and you miss the train, don't worry about it. You know, another one's going to come by and it's probably going to take you to the same place you wanted to go. So don't stress out about it. Take your time and, and make sure that you're getting in the right the right vehicle. Um, because if you don't, it can be an, it can be a real disaster. Absolutely, I, I really I really love that, and I I love what you're putting out there in the world. I think you know just to to get back to our mindset, you know, generally as a as a as a society, right? We've got so many negative things, whether it's 24 hour news or social media, which is mostly a 
cesspit and not making anyone's life better or more or richer other than, you know, some of the CEOs and stuff. So I think really stepping back and managing our mindsets and keeping our eyes on the prize and all those things are so important these days. I'm so glad that you're helping folks out there. If folks want to reach out once again, if they want to get in touch with you, they want to find you on the internet, where can they track you down? Yeah, so Seagord Moose is most uh, you know most of my social media. Also, your focus guy, which is my brand. Um, the email is uh, if you just do moose at yourfocusguide.com or info at yourfocusguide.com. And listen, I really appreciate everything you're doing. And and I know you know we went back and forth on scheduling, but I'm really glad that we were able to connect. And I you know we're going to connect. I'd love to connect with you outside of this. Um, but uh, thank you, and keep up the good work because you know this is. You know, this is the stuff that moves us all forward, right? And we expand our horizons and we expand our circle of influence. And um, that's the important thing, I think. Um, and, and the other thing I just want to say in closing is, you know, you can have the best plan, the best management, the best market environments, all the money in the world. But if you if you don't have the right mindset, you're just not going to go as far as you could. And I believe it's 98% of what you do is your mindset. Absolutely. Love that. Love that. We're going to have to clip that out and put it somewhere. And play it all over the world. I love that so much. And and thank you so much for joining us today. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's very much appreciated. That helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in once again. Go work on your mindset and we'll talk to you on the next one. Bye-bye.